Politics, sports, movies. You are listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Twitter. Twitter. Check out Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast at Bend Your Ear Pod. Instagram at Bend Your Ear Pod. www.letmebendyourear.com. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I am the host of the show and happy you can join and listen. If you've listened to a previous episode, thank you for coming back. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome, and I hope you will enjoy the show and continue to be a listener. This podcast discusses three topics, movies, sports, and politics. Each episode will be dedicated to one of these topics. Today's show will center on politics. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox under Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on any one of these podcasting apps so you can receive new episodes direct to your device when they become available. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. This is a very important and simple way you can help the show reach a wider audience. You can also always get the show from our website at www.letmebendyourear.com. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to revisit polarization and its effect on the political process. In previous episodes of this show, I've discussed two important factors that I think have negatively affected the political process, one being polarization and two being voter engagement. In this episode, we're going to revisit the issue of polarization. I wanted to get into specifically cable news and its effect on polarization. I want to start by basically discussing the premise of who you choose to listen to if you do watch cable news. And I'm specifically discussing cable news in the primetime arena. So the three big networks for primetime cable news in the evening are Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC. So I'm discussing specifically the 8 o'clock p.m. to 11 o'clock p.m. time block Monday through Friday of these three stations. Now, If you've watched even a little bit of any of these networks, it doesn't really matter which one you watch, you're going to get a specific point of view from these networks. Now, this is opinion-driven programming, and I want to make that clear right up front. I know some of these people fancy themselves as journalists or are working off of what they think are journalistic sources, and I'm not saying that that is or is not true, but just understand that they are not journalists and they are entertainers and i'm talking about every single one of them without exception so it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you lean towards these people are entertainers and we're going to start with salaries because as i read these salaries to you you're going to see that they're paid like entertainers so we're going to start with msnbc so you got chris hayes who's on at eight o'clock monday through friday he makes six million dollars a year Rachel Maddow, $7 million a year, and probably their most popular pundit. Lawrence O'Donnell, who comes after her at 10 o'clock, he makes $4 million a year. So you've got salaries of $17 million a year total on MSNBC for their three-hour block Monday through Friday. Now, Fox News, who is definitely the ratings leader overall in cable news. So let's start at the 8 o'clock hour. Tucker Carlson makes $4 million per year. Sean Hannity, who's their most popular 
personality and also has a radio show, but just the Fox salary alone is $15 million per year. And then at 10 o'clock, you've got Laura Ingram, the conservative pundit who also has a radio show as well. She makes $2 million a year on Fox. Now let's move over to CNN. Anderson Cooper, $12 million per year. Chris Cuomo, who recently just started his primetime show, he used to be in the early morning slot. He uh, rakes in about $2.5 million a year. And then you have Don Lemon, uh, who does the uh, 10 o'clock block, sometimes one hour, sometimes two hours. He clocks in at $1 million per year. So Fox News is paying out $17, $21 million in salary for three hours per year. And then CNN is paying $15.5 million for a three-hour block. So as you can see, they're not paid like journalists. They're paid like entertainers. That's salaries that high-powered entertainers get. Now, the lowest salary that I read to you was $1 million. That's the lowest salary. So I bring this up for one reason. First of all, I have no problem with these people making a lot of money. They're generating ratings, and they're being paid and compensated accordingly. You're paid what somebody is willing to pay you. That's what you're worth. So I have absolutely no issue with any of these people making a lot of money. That being said, just take into account what you're dealing with here. So regardless of the political stripe that you have, if you're conservative, if you're liberal, if you're moderate, whatever you may be, just remember when you're talking those kind of numbers salary-wise, you're going to have a strong opinion. That's what they're paying you for. And again, that's fine. But remember, I think that those kind of salaries kind of encourage hyperbole on the one end, and as it relates specifically to polarization, the lack of really kind of seeing both sides of an issue or having an opinion that may not be defiantly one way or another. So if you are a conservative pundit and you're railing against Democrats or liberals or whatever the rant is of the day, there's failure on any part to say something reasonable to the uh, respect of, wow, that's a good idea, or that's something that that's reasonable. It's basically everything Democrats say are wrong, everything that they propose is wrong, everything they propose is dangerous for the country, and the hyperbole gets into overdrive. <clears throat> Same thing uh, on the conservative, or excuse me, on the uh, on the liberal side as well. You're going to get a lot of, you know, Republicans are out for the rich and not for the middle class or the poor. Uh, there's no idea that a Republican has ever put forward that is worth anything. Um, so you're going to see a lot of that punditry. I mean, you see it if you watch it. Uh, MSNBC is obviously uh, leans quite to the left. Fox News obviously leans quite to the right. And CNN, I think, is kind of used to be considered, I think, the more of moderate of the two but i think if you look at their programming they've definitively especially in the trump presidency leaned specifically to the left and specifically to criticisms of trump every day now again i bring this up uh, as it relates to polarization because i think it's not really helpful unfortunately as a society uh, we all have gone into not all i shouldn't say that a lot of people have gone into a silo so i remember when i used to watch news and of course this predates 24-hour cable news, so I know that's had a huge effect on how news is presented. 
I'm old enough to be in the three network, ABC, CBS, NBC news cycle where those were the three big channels and that's where your worldwide news and United States political news came from those three outlets. And and I know that polarization has always existed or biases have always existed. I know it's nothing new. I don't pretend to say that polarization just started when Trump became president. Uh, I said in other podcasts before this one, I think there's always been political differences all the way to the beginning of the republic. But I do think that starting in the mid-90s, so the second, uh, you can even argue the first Clinton term going forward, so from 92 on, I think the the specter of polarization has exponentially grown. Uh, if I remember the Clinton presidency very, very, very uh, specifically, um, if you watch the, or actually listen to the podcast that recounted the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I don't have the name of it on the top of my head, but it was, uh, I listened to it. Oh, it's called Slow Burn. There's a podcast I recommend called Slow Burn that uh, retells the Monica Lewinsky scandal as it relates to Bill Clinton. But if you remember, and this is how history seems to echo itself, if you remember that investigation, the special counsel there was Ken Starr. The catalyst for the investigation and the special counsel to be appointed was to investigate Whitewater, which was a land deal that both Bill and Hillary Clinton had invested in that kind of went belly up. So there was some allegations of financial improprieties as related to that land deal. That's where it started. And then as the as the investigation kind of morphed and evolved, it led all the way to the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Now, regardless of what your opinion is, uh, I'm not here to talk about whether you believe that the Monica Lewinsky scandal should not have affected Bill Clinton's presidency, or if you think that it should have, and that and the impeachment was was warranted. That's not what I'm here to discuss. What I'm here to discuss is the polarization. Even in that hearing, was tremendous. Like it was basically all Republicans thought he should have been impeached. All Democrats thought this was much to do about nothing, and it was a personal personal business of Bill Clinton and the perjury involved a personal matter, nothing uh, to do with the government. Hence, it shouldn't have even been put forward. So you had already people staking out their positions starting there. And I think from there, it's just gone downhill. Um, The subsequent presidency, so you have George Bush 43 and the nature in which he was elected uh, with the close race in Florida being decided by the Supreme Court and he ended up being president. So his presidency started with polarization, uh, with, with half the country thinking that he was un, was not the truly elected president that Al Gore was. So that started there. And then fast forward past 9-11 through the Iraq war and many of the country's opposition to the Iraq war and him still being reelected in spite of that. Uh, a lot of people were not fans of George W. Bush. Then that leads into the Obama administration where... <clears throat> You had uh, the historic African-American president, but you had the right in this country despising him to the point where the Tea Party arose as a basically a protest wing of the Republican Party to block everything that Obama wanted to do. Then, of course, you have two terms of Obama leading into now President Trump, and it's well documented the polarization is at an all-time high. So back to the cable news networks as I'm discussing. 
So those salaries, as I stated earlier, are entertainer salaries. And as such, you do need to take what you hear, no matter what network you listen to, with a pretty big grain of salt. Not to say that the commentators on these networks don't believe what they're saying. Um, I can't say for sure if they do or they don't. But I do think there is an entertainment component to it since it's opinion-driven. They may say they have facts, and they may very well have facts to support a lot of their positions, but this is opinion-driven programming. And as such, you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, regardless of what you're watching. Uh, the other thing that's missing nowadays with polarization is the ability to watch opposing points of view. So basically, unfortunately, most people, no matter what they believe, they basically get their news, especially with the uh, internet and with the ability to filter what you receive if you are a conservative, you're probably going to watch Fox News, listen to conservative radio, uh, and just kind of stick in that silo. And if you're a liberal, you're going to be watching MSNBC and or CNN and listening to liberal um, radio commentators. So unfortunately, there's not much cross-pollination as far as getting your news from all different types of sources and sources that you may have disagreements with just so you can get another perspective on a specific issue and unfortunately the politicians are aware of this as well and i think they traffic in this and as i stated before they're catering to a small amount of voters and i discussed this in a previous podcast they know the percentages of people that turn out to vote that's why millions and well, excuse me hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars are spent in research and data and who votes when they vote and who they vote for and they cater to a very specific, believe me, they are not catering to the masses because unfortunately the masses do not vote. So the next part I wanted to discuss when it becomes, as it relates to the television commentators, is I'm pulling up the ratings for these particular shows. And, and the reason I'm doing that is because I do think as much as I rail against polarization and I get uh, really bummed out, for lack of a better term, by how bad it's become and how I do think it's got a very poisonous effect on how people view the opposite party or how they view uh, politics in general. So I just wanted to provide a little perspective here. So let's start with uh, with Fox News, who is the, the leader in the ratings and has been for who knows how long now. But I just want you to understand something. So there's 300 million people in this country. And uh, the voting numbers are probably over 100 million people can vote. So let's use that. You know, that's not as a flat number. So Fox News is the, high, the highest ranked news network, cable news network, excuse me. So in prime time per day, this is daily ratings. So Fox News, the number one news network, has listener total of... 682,000 viewers. That's for their prime time, so all three. So I'm assuming that's an average. 682,000. CNN, prime time, 320,000. MSNBC, prime time, 344,000. So if we round up quickly, so a million, so it's about a million 300,000 viewers for the prime times of all, prime time lineup of all three networks. A million two. That's not very many people. A show like Big Bang Theory, regular network television show on CBS, is on once a week. 
So one day a week it's on, not counting reruns, new episodes once a week. And that show averages anywhere between 18 to 20 million people in one showing. And the three cable news networks have 1.2 million per night. So even total during the week, they're not even getting anywhere near what a hit show like Big Bang Theory is getting. So why do I bring that up? Because 1.2 million viewers are watching this and spreading this around. So between that and social media, polarization is a dangerous thing to me. But I think, and the thing that makes me optimistic about this sometimes is if you really look at the numbers, the people that really watch this stuff, the people that traffic in this kind of polarization is not very many. But unfortunately, what happens is they have the loudest pulpit. So when you watch news, even if you occasionally watch a Fox News or a CNN or an MSNBC, if you pop in every couple of months, it's really the same effect. So if you pop in randomly and you pop into CN, uh, excuse me, MSNBC or CNN, what are you going to see in the evening? You're going to see Trump's presidency is failing. Trump doesn't know what he's doing. Insider information says that it's a, it's a mess over there and, 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 and stuff. So, and if you go to Fox News in their primetime lineup, what do you see? You see, oh, here comes the liberal media again, not giving Trump any credit for anything. Everything Trump does is bad. The liberal media is out to get him. Uh, no matter what he does, it's wrong. So that's the narrative you're going to get if you go to Fox News. And again, this is not to say who's right, who's wrong. doesn't even matter. What matters is if you agree, whichever side you agree with, that's what you're going to watch. And even if you're sampling these every once in a while, I'm not a hardcore viewer watching these shows every night, even when you pop in, what do you see? Polarization, government shutdown, congressional approval ratings less than 20%. The presidential approval rating hovering around 43%. And you're, you're fed that over and over again. So between that and if you look at look at the news or read the news on the internet, you're going to probably go to the places that support what you believe the state of the country is or what political bent you have. So even though it's 1.2 million people, which is not a lot of people at all watching anything, it still has a broad reach between people telling their friends or people looking at media in other ways. So like I said, you have the, the television news, you have the internet. Um, I'm sure people still do read newspapers, but it's, it's, it's tough in this environment. The polarization is there, but I am at least a little hopeful that the majority of people in this country are, to me, in the center, a little left of center or a little right of center. But as I stated, and this is where I always try to encourage voter engagement. What's being catered to right now are the loudest voices. So that's the loudest voices on both the extreme left and voices on the extreme right. And these news shows, these 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 cable news, or excuse me, or as I say, entertainment shows feed on that because it's working, because it's providing ratings, driving revenue so that they can pay these people what they're paying them. Again, there is millions and millions of dollars in salaries per year being paid to these personalities that are on the, the, the nighttime shows. Now, I didn't even include the daytime shows. So you have shows like Morning Joe, Fox and Friends. Uh, I know Scarborough makes a lot of money. A lot of those people in the morning make a lot of money too. But I wanted to focus on the prime time because that's where the majority of the discourse in this kind of manner kind of takes place uh, with, with the pundits on either side. Uh, as far as uh, the right-wing media uh, on Fox News and 
and the proximity to the president that they have uh, and their their appreciation of Trump's presidency and and not that they've never been critical, but obviously they're way less critical than their colleagues over at CNN or, of course, at MSNBC, who is probably the most left-leaning of the networks and 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 has been successful in doing that. Not as successful as Fox, but has surpassed CNN uh, to become the second behind Fox, even though they're way behind. But still, again, they're paying their 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 talent millions and millions of dollars a year. So obviously, they're they're delivering something to an audience that's accepting of it and uh, are able to have the ad revenue to in turn pay their personalities this kind of money. So again, I bring this up because as you watch these cable news programs, whatever you watch, I would implore anyone listening to this podcast or anyone just watching this news in general, try not to feed into the polarization. Try to be above it. That's why I really wanted to make this podcast about, at least when I discuss politics on this, this is not to be a uh, a punditry for either the right wing or the left wing. I am more concerned about the health of our political process. And I do think that as a result of polarization, it is really destructive to that. And even though the numbers are low, and I'm optimistic that I think most people aren't that way, I think when you hear it over and over and over again, and it's, and it's put out there over and over and over again, a lot of times perception becomes reality. And when you see something like this current government shutdown, uh, even though I know Trump just opened the government, but when you see things like this, this government shutdown, it just really zeroes in on people's frustration and disgust with the system. So I would implore anyone that's a registered voter out there to hold your Congress people accountable for what they do. It doesn't matter to me which party they're from. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, whether it's the government shutdown, whether it's uh, getting laws passed, I am tired of the excuses from both parties. Because to me, it's becoming, uh, it, it has become almost a badge of honor to not be conciliatory in any way or not be ready to do the people's business in Congress, which means compromise, which means two people get in a room. They discuss their differences. They come up with a deal and a deal that each party is somewhat unhappy with. But those days, it appears, have gone. And I always hear congressmen and women kind of complain about the coverage as well. I've heard more than one or two say, well, we pass hundreds of bills a year, but nobody ever talks about that. They only talk about when there's disagreement. I have no, that, that argument is nonsense. Perception is reality. And the perception is you guys get nothing done or get nothing done of substance and basically are unwilling to compromise with the other side. It has become a zero-sum game. We get everything we want or we give nothing. We get everything, we give nothing. Now, however you feel about the wall that Trump has proposed, and like I said, this is not a for or against it, but if you have Trump trying to negotiate and the other side says, we're going to give you zero, then you're not negotiating. Now, if this was a Democratic president and a Republican Congress, believe me, I'm not putting that past that. I think the exact same thing would happen. If, Obama, if President Obama wanted a wall and the Republicans held control of Congress, they would say, 
they wouldn't negotiate either. So again, this is not a Trump thing. This is not a uh, this is a politician thing. It doesn't matter who's in power, and it doesn't matter which party is in power. They all are interested in catering to their base, which I would imagine people that watch cable news every single night are part of the base of either party. So this is the the, the base of of Democrats and Republicans that basically would never vote for the other party just out of the fact that they're the other party. And this is why nothing of significance is getting done in government. And this is happening. This has happened way before Trump. As I stated, I can go back to the mid-90s for at least my memory of political of following politics to see where polarization has really driven a wedge between uh, both parties. And it became not a difference of an opinion. Now it's become personal. Now it's become you're the enemy. You're the enemy of not only me. You're the enemy of the United States. And I have to defend the United States from the likes of the opposite party. And this is why nothing is getting done. Again, these pundits on television are entertainers. They're entertaining you. And some of their shows are very entertaining. And again, this is not to say that they don't believe what they're saying or that they're being untruthful. That's not what I'm saying. But remember, anything that has large sums of money attached to it is going to compromise certain things. Doesn't make you evil, it doesn't make you a bad person, but it as I stated, punditry on these networks really with the money that they're making doesn't really allow for nuanced conversation. Uh, if you're watching Fox News at night, if you're watching CNN or MSNBC, and I've dabbled in all of them and watching them at night, there is not anything, there's two things that are missing in our discourse. Nuance and context. It's just not there. And frankly, it's not there, and I get why it's not there, because it's not good business. It's not good business. It's not good business for a commentator on MSNBC to go, Trump's wall is ridiculous. Trump's wall is ridiculous. And say that, but then come in in the middle and say, you know what? Even though I agree, disagree with Trump's wall, he is willing to come down from his original number. At least he's trying to be reasonable in this aspect. So that's good. And uh, don't like the wall, but at least he's trying to negotiate. There, someone on MSNBC is never going to say that, even if they want to say it, because it's not good for business. And on Fox News, you're not going to hear a Fox News commentator go, the Democrats are fighting Trump everywhere. They, they, they don't want him to succeed. Yeah, but these, these 10 Democrats from Midwestern states that are in moderate areas, they've really worked well with Trump. And, and those are Democrats that I think that are reasonable. No, they don't do that because it's not good business. Okay? It's not good business. These networks are in the money-making business. And this is one of the biggest changes from news of 30 or 40 years ago. News departments, networks... 30, 40 years ago, basically were there to report the news. Not that they didn't want to make money and not that, that they weren't a business, but that wasn't the priority. With the advent of 24-hour news and 24 hours to fill every day and advertising to sell, it shifted from news to business. And business is booming. The polarization business is big and business is booming. So it is not in their best interest of any network, whoever it is, especially if they've decided to take a political bent, which we know the three networks I'm mentioning have, regardless of whether it's right-leaning or left-leaning, 
They're in the business of getting ratings. They're not in the business of delivering news. They're in the business of getting as much ratings as possible. Fox News figured this out early on. Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes were smart enough to look at the media landscape and say, hmm, what's missing? There's really not a network that caters to the right. And they did it and proceeded to dominate the news landscape because they they positioned themselves as, what did they say? Fair and balanced. That that catchphrase that, that basically said, we don't have an agenda. The other news outlets clearly have an agenda, so we're going to provide the news fair and balanced. Well, we all know they're a right-wing network, but it doesn't matter. They presented that and to this day have dominated. And these other networks realized, okay, we're not going to beat Fox at their game. What we're going to do is go all the way to the other side. And they've had success at a certain level. Nowhere near this success as Fox has, but if you look at the ratings, uh, especially Rachel Maddow, um, consistently is either neck and neck or is beating Tucker Carlson, who was on the 9 p.m. slot against her. So she has become the highest rated personality on MSNBC by taking that hard left position. Again, and this is not to say Rachel Maddow doesn't believe what she's saying or is disingenuous, but just remember, again, they are entertainers. They are here to entertain you. Because if you're not entertained, you're not going to watch, especially if you're watching news. So she delivers it in a way that's entertaining, that's that's thought-provoking. But just to remember, all of these people have an agenda in the sense that they're making a lot of money and we're missing the nuance and the context. It, everything on all of these networks is an attack on the other side. This is bad. This is why it's bad. This person's lying. That person's lying. Like I said, there's never any context or nuance to any of the criticisms. And to me, that's a crying shame. That's a shame that we can't, as adults with political differences, engage each other on our opposing viewpoints and listen to the other side and go, I disagree with you. I see what you're saying there. Oh, that's a good point. Or I can see where maybe that might work a little bit better, but here's my issue. That discussion, that nuance, that context doesn't happen. And again, because it's not good for business. And and I'm sorry, that's a cynical way to look at it in my part, but look, I'm just being realistic. When you're making $2 million a year, $10 million a year, $5 million a year, and you're on a primetime news program where your job is to deliver ratings, and like I said, it's not even a criticism. I get it. Being diplomatic and being nuanced about a position or positions is not good for business because people will just change the channel. Because if it even appears that you don't agree with what they think you should be agreeing with, they're going to move on. So I get it. But unfortunately, that's chipped away at our ability to intelligently debate issues of the day without resorting to either full-on ad hominem attacks or if you're not attacking it, just basically saying they're the enemy. They they want to harm the country. I mean, I don't know how many times between the entire Obama administration and then going into this Trump administration, so the last 10 years now, how I've heard pundits from either side just basically literally demonize the person in the White House. So 
All you Trump supporters out there, don't don't act like Trump is the first president to be demonized. Okay, and um, Obama was demonized. George W. Bush was demonized. Clinton was demonized. So let's not let's not act like this with Trump is 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 the first time this is happening to a president in this era. It's not. It's pretty common, unfortunately. But everybody has short term memory. So everybody remembers when their guys attack, but they don't remember that they've attacked the other guy. So this is this is where we've landed on this stuff. And it's unfortunate and it really poisons our political discourse. The goal for me in this podcast when I discuss politics and hopefully to anyone that's listening, I want to have listeners of, of all political persuasions uh, all the way to the left, all the way to the right. And I would hope that people on either side would be able to discuss this. I am hopeful because I do think most people do fall in the silent middle, which is right down the middle, slightly to the left, slightly to the right. And I think that's where most people lie. And I think that's why you don't have 30 million people, 40 million people watching cable news at night. Because most people work a nine to five job, trying to support their families, uh, trying to do the right thing, uh, trying to be contributing members of their community. And frankly, they don't have time to watch news at night. They want to rest. They want to relax. They want to be entertained. And these are Democrats, Republicans, independents. All of these people, most of the people, the silent middle is what this country runs on. Not the right, not the left. And the only time, unfortunately, it appears that the government cares for these people is during an election cycle for president. Because then they know, what do they do? They run to the base in the primaries and run away from the base in the general. And they run for the middle because they know that middle is what's going to swing it for them. Those moderates are what's going to swing it for them either way. Now, the Trump uh, metrics for his presidency or his election might be a little bit different. So we'll see what happens in 2020. Uh, but again, when you watch these people on TV, whichever network you watch, just I would advise, take it with a grain of salt. And also, like I said, if you can, try to look at some of the other programming or news outlets or journalistic outlets that maybe don't agree with your philosophy or your position. I'm not saying you have to, if you're a right winger, you have to read the Huffington Post or watch MSNBC for days on end, but just take a look. Look at other options, look at other things and keep your mind open to other avenues to resolve problems and vote accordingly too. Because what happens is we're so polarized, these politicians know we're polarized and they feed on that. They're going to they're gonna follow your lead, the voters' lead. If the voters are polarized and are basically going to vote for a party line just because they don't want to hear anything the other one has to do, then that's what they're going to cater to. But if voters come out and show with their votes, they want people that will get things done, that will work with the other side to compromise and to do what's best for the citizens that, they, that elected them into their office. If we don't hold them accountable, then this will continue. The voters have to be the ones that say enough is enough is enough and, and, and support candidates that believe in having principles, sticking to their guns on certain things. But most things can be resolved through negotiation and through the way politics has always worked. Give a little to get a little so that everybody benefits. So again, 
Watch these people with a grain of salt. Just remember what you're watching. It's another form of primetime programming. I brought up Big Bang Theory earlier. It's a, it's a comedy show with high ratings. These shows that are on these networks at night, they're not comedy shows, but there are definitely entertainment with some journalism thrown in there. So just, just try to remember what they're doing and what their motivation is. And again, when you're making those kind those sums of monies, it does kind of muddy your motivation a little bit. Like I said, not to say that these people are lying or making stuff up, but just remember it's in their best interest to hype up division, the other guys, the enemy. It is in their best interest and they're doing it for the money. And again, I don't have a problem with that, but just as long as everybody's watching it with their eyes open. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on any of the following podcasting apps. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or CastBox. You can subscribe to the show's YouTube channel under Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. Follow the show on Twitter. The handle is at Bend Your Ear Pod. Uh, that is also the handle for Instagram. If you have any questions or comments, you can email the show. The email address is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. If you listen to the show on a different platform but have iTunes, please rate and review the show there. This will help raise the profile of the show in search results. If you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please share it on your social media. Again, thank you for listening and take care.